0: God is good. God is good. Thank you, Doug, for sharing your testimony with us. And we really hope, if, that, if that's helped you in any way, or if we can pray for you, if you're going through similar circumstances, let me just encourage you. Right now to, uh, to reach out to the church and connect with us because we would love to pray for you. Uh, everyone online, we've got Rachel in, in the chat today over on Facebook and YouTube, so feel free to be engaging with us there. We've got prayer there. Uh, everyone in-house, um, I know that it's been a long time since some of us were together, uh, but it, it, you know, if, if you agree with something, give a shout, give a clap, whatever. You know. In fact, we're going to practice this really quick today. All right. So today is, is Father's Day. So what I want you to do is let's wish a happy Father's Day to the fathers and spiritual fathers out there. So go ahead, shout that out. Happy Father's Day. There we go. I can hear you. Awesome. Everyone online, put that in the chat. Happy Father's Day to all of you out there. Uh, you know, Father's Day is uh, is a day that increasingly becomes more uh, special to me in part because now I'm a dad. I've got four awesome children and, uh, and it's amazing me how quickly they're growing up. Um, but but uh, let me take this back a little bit to my dad. Uh, my dad is the person who taught me to throw a baseball, to catch, to hit. Uh, I remember countless hours of us out on a baseball field, whether it was for an official practice. Or, uh, or a game or him just doing batting practice with me or pitching practice or anything like that. Um, he was the one that when we went to the play place or the big park, he'd sit me up on top of the, the death-defying slide that I'm sure was only six feet but it looked like I was going to die when I reached the bottom of it. And he's the one that encouraged me to take the risks in life to go down these dangerous looking playground equipment pieces, you know, um, he's the one that taught me to use Tools, uh, the difference between a a drill and a screwdriver, you know. Um, he's the one that taught me how to measure things, and he's the one that that taught me to work hard, because uh, if we're going to do something, we need to give our all, as if we're working for the Lord, you know. Um, but most most profound is that my dad modeled and continues to model the importance of a morning time with Jesus. Growing up, and even today when I'm visiting my parents, uh, if you get up early enough, because my dad gets up obscenely early, um, you will see him with a Bible in front of him, reading his Bible and praying. In fact, my, uh, my dad and my grandfather, they, they not only treat, uh, taught me this Idea of spending time with Jesus, but they also taught me the importance of how one treats their wife and their children. And nearly all of my role models, whether male or female, had one really big thing that they've brought across to me. It's the importance of building a church at home and a home that goes to church. What I mean by that is not that church is the end-all, be-all. I don't want you to get me wrong here the church is where God's people gather together. The church is a place where Jesus followers go, but going to church does not make you a Jesus follower. And yet it is so important to our development and to our obedience. As scripture tells us that we're supposed to go to church. And so what I found at home is that there was an environment that modeled a relationship with Jesus what it is to spend time with him the fact that jesus is not an add on to our life that comes into play at dinner time bedtime and sunday mornings but that he is pervasive that's what i learned from my spiritual role models in life but that might not be your experience It may be your experience. um, We have such a diverse number of backgrounds in this place today and uh, online. And and I'm thankful that all of you are are joining us here today for this Father's Day. But I I understand that Father's Day is, is a time that is celebratory for some, but it's also difficult for others because your experience of a father may be quite different. The the challenge is, is that no matter the kind of dad that you had, it doesn't change the fact that fathers are important. And you may have experienced the the lack of that father figure, or you may have experienced the importance of that father figure. But uh, I I love the way that David Papineau brings this across in his article, Life Without Fear. He wrote... uh, Fathers are far more than just second adults in the home. Involved fathers, especially biological fathers, bring positive benefits to their children that no other person is likely to bring. They provide protection and economic support and male role models. They have a parenting style that is significantly different from that of a mother, can I get an amen? And that difference is important in healthy child development. See what what I I find so interesting is, for me, I grew up in a a a culture that saw um, the male of the household in sitcoms being the bumbling idiot. You know what I mean. So we've got, as much as I love Home Improvement, you got the Tim Allen's, right? Uh You know, that, that kind of thing there, just messing up constantly. You, you, um, previous generations, you might have had Al Bundy, right? You just, you've got these male figures that make you go, you know, if you subtracted them from the equation, life might actually get better. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the reality is is that despite what we see on television and we can relate a bit right guys like generally speaking um, the poor mother of the children is the one running around trying to get them to do the their responsible thing like when when i tuck the kids in for bed right em gets the kids into bed and she's like okay sleep now and i'm like here comes the tickle monster you know and i undo all the work that she did before i get there so i mean there's something to be said about fun we bring another element to the table we, we bring risk to the table. Quite often, the natural inclination of a mother is to nurture, to protect at all costs. Most of us guys were like, hey, um like for me, hey, Am, me and Joshua are going to go uh, into grizzly country with rifles slung on our back and we're going to, you know, go make sure hopefully that nothing happens to us, you know, and, and hike, hike in and out in the dark. Like that, that's, that's just the fun thing to do. Don't you agree? Like, why not? And so these are the differences in upbringing that we get. It's so important. In fact, um, have you ever noticed that uh, ladies, your husband probably has a lot of things that people on the outside have said are very similar to whatever your main male role model in your life was maybe it wasn't your dad maybe it was your grandfather or something like that but there's these traits that end up coming up and it's it's so ubiquitous that we we actually sometimes say like right like you tend to marry your dad have you noticed that and and so guys think about it if you've got girls okay the, the, the role model that you are in their lives quite possibly will impact the guys they're going to bring by the house. Mull that through your head for a little bit before you decide to act certain ways, right? We got we to gotta be role models for the people in our lives. Now, statistically speaking, and, and any nerds in the building or online, you're about to just have your heart's delight of statistics. Those that hate statistics, too bad. Um, so... <laughs> As I was looking for statistics around uh, fatherlessness, the first thing that I found is that in America, and the stats are similar in Canada, 33% of all children are living in a home without a birth father. Now, understand, when I'm sharing these statistics, I understand that... that There's divorcees that there are those that have lost a spouse that have been abandoned by a spouse And I'm not casting judgment on you And in fact, there's hope for all of this and we're gonna share that in a little bit here I'm just trying to set the stage especially for us guys on how important These things are and and ladies for those of you looking for a future spouse like The guy you marry is important. Just don't, don't just fall in love with some guy and go, well, I'll overlook all the character defects and just go forward. No, I mean, if the guy doesn't look like Jesus, don't marry him. All right. And that's a high standard. So maybe drop the bar a little bit, but you know what I mean. Okay. Uh, In 1960, only 9.1% of children were living with a single parent. But by 2012, that number had risen to 20.7% of all children. Uh, According to the National Institute of Justice, 90% of runaway and homeless children are from fatherless homes, and the percentage of rapists with rage that come from a father's home is 80%. I got more stats. The rate of abuse and neglect in single-parent households is 27.3 children per thousand versus the rate of abuse and neglect in a two-parent household, which is 15.5 children per thousand. That's according to the CDC. 71% of all high school dropouts are from fatherless households. The percentage of minors in prison who grew up without a father is 85%, according to the Texas Department of Corrections. Get this, teen girls without a father in their lives are seven times more likely to become pregnant as a teenager. That's according to the 2017 U.S. Census. The percentage of adolescents in substance abuse treatment facilities who are from fatherless homes is 75%. Let me share a statistic. I've shared this one a few years ago and but this one this one hits close to home for those of us that really lean into a relationship with Jesus and understand the importance of it. If if In a two-parent household, if both father and mother diligently follow the Lord and they go to church on a regular basis, okay, Uh, when their children become adults, 33% of those children will become regular church attenders, 41% will attend church infrequently, so once a month or something like that, and 26% of them will write off the faith altogether. However, if the father is an irregular attender and the mother is a regular attender to church, when those kids grow up, it will be 3% regular attenders, 59% infrequent, and 38% will write off the faith. If the father is unchurched, he doesn't go to church, or he's not interested in faith, and the mom is a regular attender, those statistics drop to 2% of children being regular attenders, 37% infrequent, and 60% walking away from the faith. Here's where things get really interesting, though. If the father is a regular attender to church, takes his faith seriously, and the mother doesn't go to church, 44% of their children as adults will be regular church attenders. So if you didn't notice, that actually means that the statistics are saying that it's better for mom not to go to church. And, no, I'm, I'm kidding. Like, <laughs> all right? No, but guys, a, a faithful Christian father is huge, is huge. And the biggest impact, okay, the big impact of, of, of having a father there is a vital relationship with Jesus. But the, the biggest impact of having both mom and dad faithful is that, The number of unchurched children, the number of children that leave the church drops to about a quarter of the children as opposed to much higher in all other circumstances. So all parents are important, all right? Faithful moms keep children from leaving the faith, but what we see is that faithful fathers tend to drive children towards a vibrant involvement in the community of Jesus Christ. We need you dads. You have a role to play. You're not just an additional person. You're vital. And so today we have an important takeaway that I'm hoping that we all glean and, and the challenge that I want to issue for every person here. But first, let's open with a brief word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for every person that's here and online today. And I ask that as they are listening, Lord, uh, that something would stir in them. Jesus, I know that uh, fatherhood and fatherlessness, are th- this is a topic that can, oh, it, it can stir up emotions, Lord. But today, I I ask that there would be breakthrough in our lives, that you would help us to learn. And Lord, whether we are um, someone who follows Jesus or are seeking for something different in life or just uh, checking out a church to see what it's all about, I ask that, that no matter where we're coming from, that we would find ourselves impacted by something here today in a positive way. And Lord, please take these feeble human words that I'm about to speak and make them something worthwhile through the power of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. Today we're going to open our Bibles, uh, or look on the screen, uh, to the book of Ephesians, which is found in the Christian scriptures, which we call the New Testament. Uh, This is the Apostle Paul. He's writing to the church in Ephesus, but he actually wrote this letter as a uh, a kind of a chain letter. So this one here, uh, scholars suggest, was actually written in such a way uh, that it was meant to kind of be passed from church to church to church. So uh, Ephesians is less something for a specific church, and more something for a specific time and season that carries on till now. So Ephesians chapter six, some of you may know this. uh, We're going to start in verse two, which says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. Now, it may seem weird to you that I've jumped into uh, to this verse, not with fathers, but with children, and there's an important part to that, and that's because we need to address um, the fact that some of us had a good experience, and some of us had kind of a, well, you know, yeah, I love my dad, but whatever experience, and some of us had a really bad experience, right? And, and so when we see here, we're, we're all told to honor our fathers, so that it'll go well with us. Friends, what I want to tell you today is that honoring your dad may involve celebrating him or it might involve forgiving him. This Father's Day may not be a day where you're like, yeah, I need to call my dad, wish him a happy Father's Day and and send him a big gift because he was so awesome. You might just be sitting there and you're like, I hate Father's Day so much because then I have to think about my dad and all the things that he did to us growing up. Can I share with you that, that in the midst of the, the challenge of that emotion, and, and I know I don't get it, okay? But at the same time, I know what it's like to have influences in your life that let you down, that hurt you, all of that kind of stuff. And can I share with you that generally speaking, the person who is hurt most by unforgiveness, who is hurt most by your bitterness, is you. And so you might think, oh, I'm going to stick it to my dad by, by never letting it go. S- but I don't want to get into a whole sermon on forgiveness, all right? Because there's, there's like an entire series. If you want one, uh, check out our Facebook page, Abundant Springs Community Church, and, uh, and go through the archives there. We have, I think, a three-week series on what it is to forgive, how we can forgive, all of that. But suffice it to say, science actually says unforgiveness shortens your life and makes your quality of life go down. And scripture tells us that if your Father in heaven was willing to forgive you, then you should forgive others. And in fact, it, Jesus goes so far as to say if you refuse to forgive others, not if you are struggling to, okay, but if you refuse to forgive others, your Father in heaven, listen, will not forgive you. That's hard. We almost need to just have a time of repentance and and turning away from that and just asking for forgiveness from God right now. You know, just forgive. Pray blessing over people. If that's your first step, just pray blessing over your dad. Whatever it is that you want for your life, just pray that over him and let your heart change, all right? But honoring your dad today, every day, may involve celebrating him or it might involve forgiving him. On to the me to the message a father's responsibility is to be intentionally present for his children as a christian role model and teacher okay what does that mean a lot of us slip into things in life and I, i catch myself doing this all the time like Man, where did the week go? I barely spent any time with my kids or whatever it may be? You know, you get busy and, and time goes by or you, know, you have board game night, but you realize you're not really instilling any virtues into your children. And that's because if you don't intentionally do things, then it just slips away and they pick up the unintentional things. All right. So. It, What what does it look like to be a Christian role model and teacher in the home? For for many families, that's a family devotional time. And before you're like, Pastor Stephen, you're a pastor. Of course you have family devotional time. Let me tell you right now, our family devotional time is so irregular, it's painful all right pastor stephen confessional time we are horrible at having regular family devotions all right the the key to success in in raising children that love jesus with all their hearts is not necessarily a family devotional time it might be for you but what we've found is that instead we tend to work jesus into the whole of family life and not like oh you're a pastor so you're always you know at the church and talking about church stuff believe me pastoral conversations at home do not help children fall in love with Jesus or the church, all right? Let's <laughs> just give you that little bit of insight into the pastor's family, okay? What does is when you go around and your kids are bickering and they're like, ah, he said this and he said that and I don't, oh, don't want to say I'm sorry, I don't want to forgive them, you have to have a conversation about grace, Right? When, when your, your children are, are being picked on at school, you have to resist the urge to be like, just wind up and deck that kid in the nose. I still think that's sometimes the answer. Sorry. But, you know, uh, you have to have a conversation about, hey, you know, sometimes you got to turn the other cheek and then tell the teacher. <laughs> you know, um, we, we uh, have had it where, um, you know, when we, p- we pray for the kids before they go to school, and we pray for them to shine brightly for Jesus, that they would make wise choices, that they would um, act in such a way that they, would, that they would have boldness to share Jesus, no matter the consequences. And, man, sometimes, like, for my kids, there have been consequences where people are just like, oh, you believe in Jesus, you know? But they go out there, and they do these things. Um one suggestion for you it's kind of funny story so a couple of years ago we wanted to encourage our children to spend time doing devotions reading their bible getting that into them so we we instituted something that my parents did for us in that we made a chart that we gave each of the kids and we said hey we're going to give you two dollars for every book of the bible that you read all the way through and then to my dismay like the kids never actually came and were like hey I read the book of the Bible, can I have my money? So I was like, well, I guess we're going to have to find a different strategy to get these kids reading their Bible and, and all of that. And I mean, Joshua has always been good. He's, um, you know, he spends time with the YouVersion Bible app, doing devotions, praying, all of that stuff. It, it's amazing to watch his love for the Lord. Um, well, a month ago, Taylor comes upstairs and says something to Joshua, and all of a sudden, Joshua and Taylor are running up to Embry and I. See, what had happened um, is, it turns out that Taylor had been doing a "Read the Bible in a Year" you version plan for the past year, and didn't tell anybody. And she came upstairs and was like, "Hey, Joshua, what are you doing in your uh, for your Bible reading plan? Because I just finished my Bible in a Year plan." And I guess his eyes got really big, and he went, "Taylor." Do you know what that means? There's 66 books in the Bible. That's $132. So we had a child coming up to us who instead of, you know, once every few weeks or a month was like, can I have $2? I finished this book of the Bible. Was like, hey, Dad, I finished the whole Bible. Can I have $132? So she now has $132 in her bank account, and I don't lord because my children are reading the bible and they're both in it they're the two oldest Taylor and becca they like to have sleepovers and they'll actually uh, have a devotional time together because they see it modeled in the home okay now i think one area where we tend to let unintentionality come into the mix and i'm gonna i'm gonna get some parents so mad at me in a second here okay because i'm gonna pick on our sunday habits all right This is a touchy point, I know, for a lot of parents. Okay, I get it it when we miss church because we're away on holidays. Duh, okay? So you got two weeks, you got four weeks, whatever. Yeah, be away, all right? Here's the problem, though. A lot of us go like, oh, I got family in town. They're not Christians, so we're not going to go to church this weekend because we don't want to offend them and we need to entertain them. Sorry, what? What kind of witness is that? Number one, okay? Or, oh, my kids, they've got sports. They've got music lessons. They've got this activity. They've got this tournament on the weekend. And so, Pastor Stephen, I'm sorry. Until hockey's done, we're not coming to church because my my kids just keep me too busy. Um, Okay, where do we start with this? God's blessing and grace on all of us, all right? All right. What is the message that you send your children when anytime something comes up on a Sunday, you're too tired, you're too sore, you're too busy, you got people in from out of town, you've got an activity, whatever it may be, you go, we're just not going to go to church today. Do you not think that that begins to root in a child's mind and tells them that God does not come first in your life? Pastor Stephen, it's just church. Yeah, it's just church. But what is one of the biggest things in your life that symbolizes to your child that you are prioritizing someone? Okay? Pastor Stephen, I, I just, I'm putting my child first, and that there is why we have two or three generations of whining crybabies who run around going, going around saying that the world doesn't cater to me, bah, who, 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 change everything to suit me and make me succeed and make me happy. And you know that Vancouver just got rid of the honors program, the Vancouver School Board, because of its in, its, it doesn't promote equality in the classroom to have some students getting higher level courses than others in the high school. Like, this is the attitude. That's the same thing you're playing into when you say, kids, instead of prioritizing God, because Jesus is above all, he died for you. He is the hope. He is your future. He is your purpose. He is the one who loves you when everything else falls away. He is the one who transforms you. Instead of that, we say, no, 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 no. Everything else in life comes before him. And then we go, why don't my kids go to church? Again, God's grace be upon us all. <laughs> God forgives, God loves us all. I'm just pointing out, a father's responsibility is not just to be present in some sort of capacity, but intentionally present as a Christian role model and teacher, and every action you do, your child is watching you. There's a great country song that has that line in there. You should listen to it sometime even if you don't like country. All right. uh, Here's where the hope comes in. All right. A son without a Christian father, a man without a son, someone whose kids are already out of the home, you can all find blessings in the hands of God and his church. I understand. I put this this quote here in a masculine tense. uh, Okay a daughter without a christian mother and a woman without a daughter can find blessings in the hands of god and his children all right this is for everyone we're we're being equal here today all right but it's father's day so i pu- i put it this way without thinking i'm sorry so <laughs> i understand that some of us didn't have a great christian upbringing and i understand that for some of us the desire of our hearts is that we would have a child But in the midst of all of it, you are not without hope of making an impact. You'll notice that on Father's Day and Mother's Day, we always refer to spiritual mothers and fathers. And the reason is this. Not all of us had a Christian mom or dad. Not all of us got a chance to have a child. And yet every one of us, can speak powerfully into the lives of people and have people speaking into our lives. See, all those statistics about fathers are great, but do you know what the greatest indicator of whether or not a child will stay in the church is? It's whether or not they've developed strong, multi-generational relationships within the church through their time growing up. So they can say, I know older people who have spoken into my life, I know people my age, people younger, people slightly older, people through every generation. I know them and they're at church. They love Jesus. That is the single greatest differentiator between church-going children and those that abandon the church. 1 Timothy 1 verse 2, Paul writes to Timothy and he calls him Timothy, my true son in the faith. Understand, Timothy was not Paul's son, but he was his son in the faith. And that's not to say that Timothy didn't grow up with some sort of uh, religious background. He did. We're going to get to that. Let, Let me show you verse 18. Timothy, my son, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well. 13, uh, 2 Timothy 1, 13, What you heard from me keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Jesus Christ. And 3, 10 to 15. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance. Uh, Persecutions, sufferings, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures. which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. See, Timothy was raised by a godly grandmother and mother. Excuse me. But his father was was Greek, and by all accounts, not really a positive influence towards his relationship with God. But into this void stepped Paul, who didn't have children. And so Paul gained a spiritual son and Timothy gained a spiritual father. And did you notice there that he watched how Paul lived? And he was instructed by Paul as to what to believe and who God is. Paul is an example for all of us. So really quickly here, here's five powerful steps. Whenever I practice these things, they're like 20 minutes long. I don't know what happens to me when I get get up here. I'm sorry. Five powerful steps to spiritual fatherhood. Number one, identify someone to mentor and make the offer or conversely, identify someone you'd like to mentor you. Okay, we don't always have to be passive here. We can just jump in and say, will you mentor me? Will you teach me? I know that there's some people here who have mentors in their life or people that they're mentoring and that's so powerful and it should be the norm for Christian experience. Second thing, intentionally teach them the ways of Christ. So here at this church, we have a number of of resources that we try to give to you. Um, If you haven't gone through it, I, I suggest connecting with someone who has gone through Uh, the Way devotional series that we have. It has many parts about uh, getting to know God, spending time with him, growing in character, abiding in his presence, all of these things. Or take someone to the Hearing God seminar, which we run once a year. It's going to be in the fall coming up here, Um, working out some details there. If you've already gone, haven't gone, go again. It's great. Um, meet with them on a regular basis to pray, encourage, ask them, what have you been learning? What's God been showing you in your devotional time? And just let that be an inspiration, but just be intentional and teach them. Third thing, be open about your life and show how you're handling it with Jesus's strength. I, I think that a lot of times, sorry, I'm feeding back up here, You and Can you turn that down? I, I think that sometimes... We hide the struggles that we go through. We want to be strong, right? We don't want our kids to have the stress in their lives. But I think that we need to be wise. But we also can guard to, this, to such an extent that our children never actually see how we handle the challenges in life by Jesus' power. And so they might. They might notice that there's tension, but they might not know that you're going through a rough time financially. And then when you're down on your knees praying, they don't know that you're actually praying for supper tomorrow, for rent, for the money to fix the vehicle that just broke. They just go like, yeah, that's awesome. Mom and dad like to pray. But what a witness it is when they see that in the struggles, you're down on your knees. And what a powerful witness when you can stand up and say, kids, did you see that person that was just here? They handed us that envelope. We've been praying for weeks for that. We didn't know where the rent was coming from. We didn't know where the, how the bills are going to be paid, and we've been praying for it, and Jesus stepped in, and He's has when you can do that with your kids or when they, when they see that there's something that's, that's difficult between you and your spouse and you just go, kids, yeah, we're having a rough time, but we're trusting in God and God's holding us together no matter what. Hey, d- do what you will, but I think that there's power in letting kids, adults that you're mentoring, have a glimpse into your life to see that not all is perfect, but that through it all, you're leaning on someone. Another thing, intentionally... Oh, that's the wrong way. <laughs> Speak prophetic words of life into them. There's this movement nowadays to stop calling kids cute and beautiful, and I, I get it. I'll still, till the day I die, call my girls my beautiful little girls. And I'll continue till the day I die call my boys handsome, but can I share with you that I can also call them all courageous, loving, caring, or I can spend time listening in prayer and say, Lord, what would you like to say to Taylor or Rebecca or Joshua and Caleb today? And when he gives me something, I can speak that word of life into them as their father and root truth into their hearts at a deep level and if you think that just because they may not remember that that it doesn't matter i think you underestimate the power of the spirit and the subconscious finally encourage them to stay the course when things are tough parents even if your kids are out of the home you might have a a child i've done this so many times with my my parents things get hard and who do you call Mom, Dad, I I don't know what to do with this. Mom, Dad, this just, I, I don't. And as a parent, you can say, yeah, that's tough. Get over it. That's life. Or you can say, I'm praying for you. We're here for you. If you need an ear to talk to, talk to us. We're not leaving you. Your God's not leaving you. So stay the course no matter what happens. Friend, if you didn't have a good father experience, or even if you did but you walked away from your Christian upbringing, here's God's heart for the fatherless. He is a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. I was gonna read this. Write down right now Luke 15, 11 to 24, all right? And if you can, read it in the Passion Translation. I don't recommend this as your everyday Bible, but it's... It's powerful how it brings this across. Luke fifteen eleven to 24, all right? I'm not gonna read it. If you know the, the story of the prodigal son, you know this son shirks his father, goes, wastes his entire inheritance, and then ends up coming back in squalor and despair, and his father runs to him. And, and puts the ring of sonship on his finger and his own best robe on his son and he welcomes him in and throws a banquet. And this here is a picture of our God when people who have been far from him who need a heavenly father run to him. He sweeps you up in his arms, hugs you dearly, and kisses you over and over with tender love. That's our father. That's the one that we serve. Because in the midst of our squalor and our despair, our rejection of the inheritance that God handed to us as humanity, as we've pushed the life giver away and as the curse of sin has created a a wall between us and God, we're told that while we were still sinners, worship team, can you come back? While we were still sinners, sinners, Christ, what? He, He died for us. God loves us so much that he sent his only son into the world that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. And so if you feel like you don't have a good father, know that there is a heavenly father that has his arms stretched wide saying, I paid it all for you. Come to me. Come to me. So today, if you want to join the family of God, if you want to give your life to Jesus. Everyone, let's close our eyes right now. Right now, just pray this prayer with me. If you want to give your life to Jesus, he died for you, he rose for you, he gives you life. So pray this. Heavenly Father, everyone, just go ahead and pray this out. And if you're praying it out loud and you're meaning it in your heart, praying it for the first time, know that you're giving your life to Jesus. Heavenly Father, People are really not understanding, praying out loud. Heavenly Father, Father. I know that I've messed up. up. But thank you that you are the great father. father. Perfect savior. savior. Wonderful counselor. Prince of peace. Peace. Today I'm running into your arms. Hold Hold me tight. I give you my life please give me yours. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Transform me with your love. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer, let me encourage you to go to ASCC.life and tap on I've Decided to Follow Jesus. We want to follow up with you, get a Bible into your hands, connect you with a spiritual mentor today, and let me share with All of you that you are greatly loved. Let's go ahead and sing one more song together.